0: Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today we're going to continue to ask the Lord for freedom, for deliverance, For power over every spirit that would contradict his word over our lives. Worry, we say, get behind us. Fear, we say, get behind us. Anxiety, we say, get behind us. Depression, we step on your ugly head in the name of Jesus. Amen? Someone said, worrying is like praying for what you don't want. Rather than worrying, we should be praying for what we do want. Amen? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Can I hear amen? God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, every morning, reminded of this scripture this morning, we should wake up with a scripture upon our lips, a truth upon our lips. We should call in the day that we want through the power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Psalm 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You get into the shower, whatever your routine is. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I call this day... Into my life according to the truths of God's word. You know, fear is the root of worry. Fear is the root of worry. It's interesting that the Bible says over a hundred times, do not fear. Do not fear. It's a funny thing that every time my wife gets in my in the car with me as I'm driving, I have to say to her, honey, do not fear. I don't know why she thinks I'm a terrible driver. And I keep reminding her, I've been driving a long time. But still, you know, I have to say, Lori, do not fear. Trust me, Lori, the Holy Spirit is in the back seat. And she'll say, well, there's a reason he's in the back seat and not in the front seat. And it's a funny thing, because I feel the same way if she's driving and I'm in the passenger seat. You know, your perspective will either invite trust and peace or fear and worry. Your perspective, God wants us to have His perspective in our lives. God wants our minds cleansed by His truth. God has freedom for us from fear, from worry, from anxiety, from depression. You know, fear brings worry. Worry brings anxiety. Anxiety can lead to depression. But listen, when one walks in the room, if you don't kick it out, the others will follow. Someone said that these things are like the three amigos. You know, fear, anxiety, and worry. They always hang out together. You'll always see them together. But God gives us dominion. You know... Before we built our church campus in Smithfield, we, we had rented an office across the street. Now it's a dentist's office. interesting that I go to a the dentist there in my office. So every time I go there, and say, hey, you know, um, this used to be my office. <laughs> and now I'm having my teeth cleaned here. I don't know if there's any spiritual significance to that, but it's pretty interesting. But I remember coming in once Monday morning, I go into my office, and I had a giant window at a giant windowsill. And lo and behold, my entire windowsill was filled with mushrooms. And I said, now, is this the devil trying to kill me with mold? Because I had mold allergy. Or is this God blessing me with mushrooms? Because I love mushrooms. And I was thinking that worry is like having a leak into your basement. If you don't get to the problem it starts growing mold. And how many of you know that mold will get you sick? And you can even die of mold. So we have to get to the root of the problem. So fear is the root of worry, and the root of fear is condemnation. See, condemnation is fearing that something bad is going to happen to you. Condemnation is living with a mindset that I don't deserve good in my life. I don't deserve favor in my life. See, I'm worrying because I'm expecting something negative to happen. See, I'm expecting something to happen that is not going to be a blessing, is not going to be filled with peace and happiness. I'm worrying and anticipating condemnation. I want to read a passage of Scripture. In John 8, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group, and they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. You can't trap Jesus. Come on. Right? But Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. And there's all kinds of, you know, theories as to what Jesus was writing down. Honestly, I believe that Jesus, knowing all those that already condemned this person, I think Jesus was writing down every single one of their sins. As they're accusing this woman, he's writing down every one of their sins. And when they kept questioning him, he straightened up. And he said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down, and he continued to write on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, dropping their stones, walking away. And the older ones first They're usually the wisest ones, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. And Jesus straightened up again and he asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. God is good. God is good. See, fear says you are condemned to punishment. Something bad is going to happen. Jesus turns to fear and he says, I will take the punishment and I in turn will give mercy. I in turn will give love. I in turn will give peace. I in turn will give favor. Last week we spoke about the angels who appeared to the shepherds. And the angels did not only declare that the birth of Christ, but they declared peace and favor upon us as believers. That is ours. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what will I put my faith in? What will you put your faith in? Will it be your fear? Will it be your worry? Will it be your past? Will it be what others would say to you? Or will you put it in your God, Jesus Christ? Come on, I think think God wants to release some truth this morning that's going to set you free. Some of you are burdened by worry. You're burdened by anxiety. Some of you have been told that you have to live in depression the rest of your life. The world takes what is spiritual and makes it natural. And I want to take God's truth today and say, no. No. Fear, we can overcome you. Worry, we can overcome you through the blood of Jesus. Anxiety, that is not my portion. Depression, I'm not going to live in it. I'm not going to have it rule over me. I have a greater Lord. I have a greater God. I might have failed. But God will stand in the gap for me. I might have done some wrong things. I might have some generational curses that are trying to follow me. But Jesus straightens up. It, said when, it, says this, it says Jesus straightened up two times in that passage of Scripture. And I think when he straightened up, he straightened up in a righteous indignation. He straightened up in protection. You are not to throw worry against my daughter. You are not to condemn my daughter. She's been living in fear, brokenness, rejection, abuse her whole life. I will not allow it. And I believe Jesus straightens up and we can hide behind him and get deliverance from him. Some of you need to come to the altar today and say, Lord, I'm tired of my worry. I'm tired of my fear. I'm tired of my depression. I'm tired of my sin." You know, Jesus said to her, "Go and sin no more, because your sins, along with your sin, come fear, come worry, come brokenness, come depression, go and sin no more. Some of you need to come to the altar today. At the other servants say, I need freedom, God, I'm believing you. I'm believing you, Jesus, come and touch me, come and touch me like you touched this woman. therefore the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. The new is here. The new is here. Romans 8, one. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. John 4.18, perfect love drives out fear. You know, when you are touched by the love of God, when you have a revelation that God knows you by name, God knows you specifically. You are here because God put you here before you were in your mother's womb. God had your name in his heart. He put you here. When you have a revelation of God's love, it's in those moments that fear, anxiety, depression, worry, they just dissipate because you leave this earthly context and you see the big picture of God's love for you. You know, is it possible we see David taking stones, those stones that those men came to condemn you, to put fear on you, to put worry on you, to bind you. David takes those same stones and he uses it to kill a giant. Come on. The same stones that are meant to condemn around and say, you are not going to have control over me. Satan, you have no control over me. Giants, fear, worry, anxiety, depression, you have no authority over me. What is meant to hurt me? What is meant to condemn me? What is it meant to, to keep me in a subhuman state? What I mean by that is you are created in the image of God. Satan wants to mock that. He wants to bind you up and mock that. David rose up. David, like Jesus, straightened up. He said, this is not right. This is not right. And he took the same stone that's meant to condemn, and he destroyed the giant. Many of our fears and worries are, are lies. You know, many of our fears and worries are lies. You know, f- someone said fear, I'm, uh, fear is, is false evidence appearing real. You know an acrostic, false evidence appearing real. I remember when I was a young, crazy teenager, we went on a trip with a band that I was in, and we, we back in the day, we all had vans, you know, vans. Did anyone have a van? <laughs> we ended up having a van for the kids. But vans um, but were used for different purposes, you know, in the 60s and 70s, and, and we took a trip to Canada and, um, and we end up in uh, the Catskills, not, not Canada, New York. We first went to, to New York. We ended up in the Catskills, and we got there a the campground we just kind of found very late at night. It was like midnight. And, uh, and a couple guys, we kind of got out of the van. We kind of set up um, a tent and so forth, and we're just kind of hanging out, playing guitar and singing. And this was really late at night. And a couple guys couldn't stop. Talking and thinking about getting eaten by a bear, right? So we're in the middle of the woods, castle, and they kept saying, "You know, it's dangerous out here. It's dangerous." And they started creating this panic feeling, this fear. It was, it was, you know, I don't know if there, there probably were bears out there, right? But let me tell you, the, the way they were speaking, these bears are going to come out of the woods and eat all of us in a second. And so some of us said, hey, you know, let's just go take a walk. And we're taking a walk. in The middle of the night, we hear a waterfall, and we go see a waterfall. Then we come back, and we decide we're going to play a trick on these guys. So we, we, we come to the site, and we, drop, we start throwing stones, you know, so the, see, rustling the, the, the woods. And, and then we start growling like bears. They got so petrified, they jumped in their car and took off. They went to get a park ranger. What was complete? Their reality, their reality controlled their emotions. Fear becomes your reality. Worry can become your reality. Anxiety can become your reality. Your depression can become your reality that you end up owning it. You end up carrying it around like I said last week, like your cozy blanket. This should not be so. This is what God has for us in the name of Jesus. So I want to give us three keys to overcoming fear, worry, and anxiety. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Number one, you must not accept fear, worry, anxiety, and even depression as part of your life. These things are not your friends. They need to be looked at as your enemy. They need to be looked at as spirits that are trying to take over the Holy Spirit's place in your life. See, there are unclean spirits, and lots of times, even in churches, not much is talked about regarding the supernatural world that we live in. We make everything natural; everything's natural. Just be a good person. You know, it's all about you know being a good person. You're a good Christian. There's another world that's, that's happening that's way more powerful and more real that controls more people's lives than we even understand. Okay, So God gives us dominion, but you cannot accept these spirits as part of your life because they will take over your life. And let me say this, that one of the greatest liberators of our lives and our mo- emotional well-being is forgiveness. Unforgiveness Is one of the greatest chains around people's lives. We must forgive. For you to experience emotional well being, you must forgive. For you to experience peace, for you to experience assurance, you must forgive those who've hurt you. You must live in constant forgiveness. Forgiveness is a daily thing. Forgive easily. You want peace? You want joy? Forgive easily. Have mercy. Because the Bible says, what you measure out will be measured unto you. Amen? Forgive. Second Timothy, again, says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Don't receive these things as part of you. Number two, you must take every word captive and examine its source. A few weeks ago, we talked about if you change your words, you can change your world. Your mind is constantly being bombarded by words. Words have different sources. Words come from the Holy Spirit, which constantly is reminding you of God's truths. And that's why it's so important to read the Bible so you get and come to church faithfully so you get God's truths in you. Words come from the enemy. You know, the devil's constantly talking, he's talking in everything. You put the TV on, he's talking. You put the radio on, he's talking, right? He's talking at work. He's talking everywhere. These are words that are coming into your soul, your being. Words come from the past. You need to, to, to not receive words that have been spoken over you that are contrary to God's truth for your life. God loves you. God forgives you. God accepts you. God has plans to prosper you. He has a hope and a future for you. But sometimes words of the past are so incredible rooted in us, rooted in us, that they end up, you know, having roots, and those things have to be pulled out and delivered. And set. you have to, to, to ask the Lord to set you free from these things, and it starts with forgiveness again. Forgiveness, forgiveness. But I, w- I want to say this, that you have to ask yourself, it's almost like on a momentary basis, especially some of you, who have active minds, you have to ask yourself, who is speaking to me right now? Listen to me. Who is speaking to me right now? What is speaking to me right now? You have to take thought captives. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We demolish. Worry will argue with you anxiety will argue with the truth depression will argue with the truth the bible says we must demolish these arguments and take captive every thought because and, and it's really take captive words because words become thoughts as you meditate on words they become ta- thoughts and make it obedient to christ you know when when Saul when David was 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 ready to believe god stand on God's word, understand that there was a calling on his life, Saul, the king, says this to him, David, you are not able to go out against the Philistines and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. There will be souls that will speak into your life that will try to destroy the plans in history that God wants to make in your life. I think about this and I say, if David had received these words, what would have happened to David? Would he have gone out there and said, that's it, I'm done. Do you know that Jesus came from the lineage of David? And we say, thank God, David did not receive any other word. The whole army scared to death. His brothers, his family, what are you doing? You're prideful, you're arrogant. What are you doing? David was believing in the word of the Lord. He had the Holy Spirit was on him. And that's why David prayed, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit away from me. He had someone with him. No one could see, but he can see. No one believed, but he believed God was with him. If God be for me, who could be against me? So whatever words were spoken, they were all speaking negative words. He refused to receive them, and he went and he took that stone, meant to condemn, and he took it, and he slew the giant. See, do you have a giant in your life? Has there been a giant in your life? Has there been someone in your head speaking to you? could be abuse, abusive situations, growing up in abuse. Growing up in an abusive household, abusive relationship, abusive marriage. Are those voices still speaking to you? You didn't take those stones that that are meant to hurt you and, and take those stones and destroy the giants of your life. Stand on the word of the Lord. Stand upon the word of the Lord. The Bible says fear is a spirit. Is a spirit. A spirit is an entity. And I believe we need to see this. Like I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a being. He walks with you. He's with you. He's in your house. You're having breakfast, the Holy Spirit is sitting there. He doesn't have to eat because he's God. Okay? But he's sitting there. You go to work, the Holy Spirit is with you. Lord, open our eyes. Open our minds. Open our hearts, Lord, to understand the power that rose Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit is with us, is in us, is for us. But just like the Holy Spirit is a being, these other things are beings as well. You have to renounce these things. Why? Because fear is a spirit that will try to steal your trust, will try to steal your belief in God. Fear is is saying, God's word is not true for you. Fear stands up as a being and opposes God's word for your life. And that's why you need to renounce. When you're feeling, you need to renounce the spirit of unbelief. Because fear is not believing. Unbelief is a spirit. There was an evangelist, his name was Carlos Anacondia. And and God used him mightily in Argentina and South America powerful powerful little guy about this big he was a business owner but he was an evangelist and um, and he came to to preach all over he first came to new york and we ended up having him in rhode island at our church but uh... pastor mike savello who you know one of the apostles of our church he recounts a story that when when he first met carlos carlos anacondia he picked him up and a new uh, New York Airport, and, and Carlos was a little guy. He comes into the airport, and the first thing he does is he starts declaring in the spirit. Now, just picture this little guy speaking in Spanish in the middle of an airport, and he's with you, and he starts yelling out loud in Spanish, I bind the spirit of unbelief, and he starts Declaring, Satan, I bind you over this region. I bind the spirit of unbelief. And when he came and preached, the first thing he did when he came out is he started speaking to the invisible world, binding spirits. I bind that You know why? Because he taught us later, he said, people are sitting in church and they don't know why they're just not getting it. They're not getting it. Just like words. Who's that guy talking up there? Not getting it. Spirits will bind your thinking, will bind your mind. They are entities that need to be bound. And sometimes you have to stand up and say, Fear, worry, I renounce you. Spirit of unbelief, I renounce you in the name of Jesus. You speak to those entities. Because worry will lead to complaining and will steal your thanksgiving. Some people you have to renounce a critical spirit i got to renounce. I'm getting critical. I'm getting critical. I renounce that spirit. I need to give God thanks for everything. I'm getting critical. I'm criticizing everything. That's a, there's an entity that's, that's hanging out with you. That's starting to speak to you. You need to turn to that thing. In the name of Jesus, I give God thanks. Critical spirit, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You're not going to speak into my life. You're not going to speak into my family. You're not going to speak into my church. You know, sometimes people start talking bad about the church. They're doing this, doing that. Tell you something, that's not you. That's a spirit. Who are you listening to? What words are you going to repeat? Is it words that the Holy Spirit would say? Or a critical spirit? Anxiety is a spirit that will cause you to focus on what you don't have and steal your contentment away from what you do have. That's a covetous spirit one of the Ten Commandments. Don't covet. Lord, I bind this covetous spirit away from me. This is spirit of jealousy. You know, I bind that. I don't want to be jealous. I want to be happy for people. They get a promotion. Why am I feeling not thankful for them? There's a spirit trying to mock. Oh, God's been good to them. He's not being good to you. It's all against the Word of God. It's all against God. And you have to see these things for what they are—they're beings, they're entities. Okay, they're not figment of your imagination. Just like the Holy Spirit's a person, there's other beings as well. And uh, I apologize if this is kind of a deep teaching this morning, but uh, it's the truth of God's word. Joshua one nine says, "I have not commanded." Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Come on. That's the truth of God's word. Some might say, I can't help but worry. That's right. You don't know. I just, I just worry all the time. I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help it. Well, if you can't help it, why don't you try this? Worry comes into your room. Say, okay, Worry. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. <laughs> Plead your case. Plead your case. And it might go something like this. Warriors are there, saying, you're going to lose your job. You don't have enough money for your kids' presence. What happens if you don't have a paycheck? You're not going to have anything to eat. How are you going to feed your family? You know that disease you have? You are going to die, die, die. OK, that's enough. Holy Spirit, plead your case. Come on. Don't listen to that, idiot. I'll get you a better job. I will provide for your kids. As a matter of fact, the greatest gift I have given your kids is You. Is your love, is your raising him in the house of the Lord? Food? You, you know what? You can lose a few pounds. <laughs> so what is he saying? You're going to die from your disease? Haven't you heard that Jesus heals? And what, worst, worst case scenario, wait until you see your mansion. Worst case scenario, Scenario. wait until you see your mansion in heaven. Come on! You know, George Mueller Messina was one of Napoleon's generals, and suddenly appeared, he appeared with 18,000 soldiers before an Austrian town, which had no means of defending itself. The town council met, certain that capitulation or surrender was the only answer, and the old dean of the church reminded the council that it was Easter. It's a true story. And he begged them to hold services as usual and to leave the trouble in God's hands. They followed his advice. The dean went to the church, and he rang the bells to announce the service. The French soldiers heard the bells, and they concluded the Austrian army must be coming. They're coming to rescue the town. They broke camp before the bells had ceased ringing, and they disappeared. Give your problems to God. Give your problems to God. And last but not least, you must always invite the Holy Spirit into your situation and atmosphere. Anxiety will try to come into your atmosphere. Worry will try to come into your atmosphere, into your thoughts, into your emotions, into your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit, come. We pray that song. We pray and we sing all the time. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. This is just a school. But when you come, your presence is here. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's salvation. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Come into my mind. Come into my thoughts. Drive with me. I'm feeling anxious. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. You know? And the Holy Spirit starts reminding you of the word. Son, daughter, didn't Jesus say to go to him when you're burdened, heavy laden, he'll give you rest? Come on. Come on. Let's hand that problem over. Come on. Hand that problem over. You know, I heard of someone uh, having a bag in their house. And whenever they had a worry, it was God's bag. Whenever they had a worry, they wrote it down. And they said, I'm not carrying it. I'm not taking it to lunch. I'm putting it in God's bag. Amen? Come on. Let's all just thank the Lord that he's our healer, our deliverer, our Savior. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.